For every one of the past 10 years since the U.S. invaded Iraq, BBC correspondent Hugh Sykes has been reporting on the war and what is now becoming its aftermath. He's been part of our coverage of the 10-year milestone that we're noting this month. Today, he reports on the evolution of the sense of mission for U.S. soldiers who began this decade occupying a moral high ground as well as occupying the territory of Iraq. This was a sentiment I only heard once from a member of the U.S. forces in Iraq. It's God's army overall. Big picture, it's God's army. You know, we're protecting America. What's God's army exactly? What do you mean? Just America being a Christian nation. It's, you know, it's his country and it's his army. And his commanding officer, Colonel Kevin Farrell, was quick to contradict him. It's not what I would like to hear our soldiers utter because it's not accurate. It doesn't reflect the truth. Would it concern you if a large number of people felt that and felt that they were here as part of some kind of Christian mission? Yes, it would concern me a great deal. We don't see ourselves on a crusade. But some of America's enemies in Iraq believe that they were resisting a crusade, and they fought accordingly. Roadside bomb. Almost every American I spent time with was frank and open about what they thought and ready to tell me. This was Sergeant Mike Brinton surveying the aftermath of a suicide bomb attack on a cafe inside the supposedly heavily fortified green zone. Four dead. You can see the blood all over right there from where a victim was bleeding. Straight blood. Because that's especially the flies. You can tell the flies are attracted to it. I'm beginning to feel shock about this. Do you feel shocked? Do you feel anger as well? No, I feel remorse. Remorse? As much as you don't want to admit it, but our presence here causes violence. I mean, what we're doing is right. I feel it's right, and I feel it's just, and I feel we need to continue with it. But at the same time, violence creates violence, you know? Another time I met James, an American military trainer at the Iraqi Army's Staff College in Baghdad. James made a point of eating in the canteen with the Iraqi soldiers who weren't allowed inside the American dining facility. If I'm going to lead them and help them, I need to be the same as them. When they didn't have any heat in their room, I shut off the heater in my room, slept underneath blankets until they had new blankets, waited until they had their heat, and then I finally got my heat turned back on. General Patton said, never appear warmer than your troops. <laughs> And there was refreshing candor about political pressure back home to pull out of Iraq. This was Sergeant Kevin Sabo in 2006. We went in there, broke a lot of things, so now we've got to stay with it until it's fixed. It has to be finished before we come back, or we're going to be the laughing stock of the world for destroying this place and not fixing it. Report there from BBC correspondent Hugh Sykes, who's been covering Iraq since the U.S. invaded 10 years ago. And again, we've been asking you for lessons from the Iraq war. Yesterday, a soldier told us on the program about how his poetry has helped him make sense of the war. And that prompted a wider discussion among some of you of literature. The book that uh, first exposed me to war or gave me a good idea about it was War and Peace. Today, we're living in a time when the uh, divide between soldiers and civilians is pretty great. And so maybe we need to reflect on that again. Good thought from Michael in Seattle. A listener from Port Chester, New York, said uh, that their perspective of the war was shaped by a classic from World War II, Night, by Elie Wiesel, the first book I ever read that taught me about the depth of human suffering. Mark in Ferndale, Michigan, says the lesson we should have learned from the Iraq War is how to budget for a war. 
Mark Goodsey says the takeaway is that the military-industrial complex has become an insurmountable burden on the well-being of American interests. And one more book. Mark Twain's short story, The War Prayer, which I read as a teenager during the Vietnam conflict, and it seems that every armed conflict that comes out, I reread that short story. Because what Mark Twain wrote over 100 years ago is still vital today.